we literally have the powers to overturn what Congress passes, what the DEA puts out for their policies, what uh, the president signs into law, uh, what the cops, you know, uh, decide to pursue us with or the prosecutors. One person on a jury says not guilty. Then you just stop the whole government machine from trying to take somebody's life away from them. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 120, January 6, 2019, with your host, Toker. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year. Got a couple messages here from a couple of previous guests. Tried to catch up with many, many. Maybe we'll get a few more as we go on through the year, but we've got Catherine Dodge just lost by one vote. One vote. Who out there didn't vote? Could go either way still with that. But man, on vote shows shows what can happen. Hi, Mid and fellow podcast listeners. It's Catherine Dodge checking in New Year's Eve 2018. I want to start by wishing all of us a happy new year. I hope 2019 is fabulous for all of us. I was reviewing some data recently on uh, cannabis sales tax revenue trends and numbers as well as the um, excise tax revenue and the numbers of businesses in our community. And I thought that was an interesting thing to just take a minute and reflect on. I was looking at some figures that were through September 2018, and they also had, of course, figures through September 2017. So I stopped and looked at those numbers, and I want to share them with you. In September 2017, through the end of September, we had the cannabis industry had paid the city and the borough $325,000 in sales tax. And through that same period in 2018, the cannabis industry had paid $770,000 in sales tax for uh, in the city of Fairbanks and the North Star Borough. So that's a more than a doubling of income to the community in sales tax revenue, but presumably that also is a reflection of increased sales in our community. And it's um, a nice increase. It looks like it might be, it's a little flat through the summer. August was good. Encouraging to see that it's done well and continued to flourish. When I look at the state of Alaska cannabis excise tax revenue for that same period, Again, if we look in 19, uh, September 2017, the state had received $3.5 million from in excise tax revenue. And through 2018, it had received essentially $11 million. So that's a nice, more than doubling, almost a tripling, uh, one and a half times perhaps, of uh, excise tax revenue to the state. And I also noticed there uh, the number of businesses had grown from 64 to 119. So again, almost a doubling in the number of, of businesses that are paying taxes in to the state. Then I looked at the number of taxpayers. Uh, so really, we would call them cannabis businesses in our community. And in 2017, we had 15 in the Fairbanks area and four in North Pole. And in 2018, that had increased to 24 in Fairbanks and 5 in the North Pole area. 
So we see a little bit of a flattening, perhaps slow, certainly a slowing of growth in numbers of businesses, but that could be due to lots of things. So anyway, that was my quick check-in. I look forward to watching the industry continue to grow and helping where I can. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. And Aaron Worthen, Frozen North Farms, both checking in with good little New Year's message. Hi, my name is Aaron Worthen. I'm the owner of Frozen North Farms. Hippie, man. I'm hippie. Hippie. Hi. Hi. My name is Hippie Bong Stocking. <laughs> we think that one. Happy holidays, Fairbanks, and all you Far North Tokers listeners around the state and around the nation. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, man. Happy New Year's. You should go to Good Sense. Check out Frozen North Farms, man. We got some good products over there. Got duct tape, Blue Dream, Bodega Bubble Gum. First two I mentioned have tested over 22%. So go give us a try. We're down there, man. Safe and warm holiday season. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the owner of Frozen North Farms. My name's Aaron Worthen. My friends call me Hippie. Feel free to call you me whatever you want except a dirty guy. <laughs> um, we're a small, limited farm here in the Fairbanks area, North Pole. Give us a try. We sell exclusively to Good Sense. Our products are hand-tended to. We're not mass-produced. Not everybody in town is going to have us, so we're going to be a limited quantity, limited supply. Sometimes harvest batches are anywhere from a half a pound of a certain strain to a pound and a half of a certain strain. Nobody else will have it except for that one shop. So go check us out, man. What do you think of that one? I'm going to mismatch all this up. and we'll get some <laughs> Keep on talking. All right. Frozen North Farms. And the main feature, Bob Smiley. Liberty Fighter. I've talked about it many times before. Liberty. If you fight for liberty, it doesn't matter what the issue is. It doesn't matter the little issue. We don't have to fight all these little things. Don't have to get bogged down. Fight for liberty umbrella. Get you everything. Today specifically, we're going to be talking about jury rights, the power of jury nullification, felons, overreaching government. I'm so happy that my paths have crossed with Bob Smiley. There's going to be two websites that he's going to want you to go to. Check out juryhero.com and fija.org, Fully Informed Jury Association. Many stories he talks about. Going to have to do some research if you want to find out what he's talking about in the back. Branch Davidians, the Brown tax case, lots of other stuff talking about in here. Sit back, enjoy a lesson on jury rights. The North Bowl Refinery is here to provide Alaska with the finest quality CBD available on the market today. They carry a wide range of CBD, oils, tinctures, capsules, edibles, lotion, bath bombs, vape pens, pet tincture, and isolate. The North Bowl Refinery is a distributor to these fine locations. Smoking deals in Fairbanks and Kenai, Nature's Relief, Grass Station 49 locations, Wishful Things, China Hot Springs, Denali's Cannabis Cash, Uncle Herbs in Homer and Anchorage, Frost Farm with more locations coming soon. Check them out at thenorthbowlrefinery.com. The North Bowl Refinery, quality CBD in Alaska. Hello. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? Good morning. Well, yeah, good afternoon. Bob Smiley, welcome to Far North Tokers. It is a pleasure oh, to have you. you. Thank you.
Today's episode is cannabis and jury nullification. We've got to start with talking what is jury nullification. There's going to be people listening that are afraid of that word. I started thinking about how you're when you're coming on and thinking about jury rights. Rights to me are, are protections that you have. Jury nullification, on the other hand, is a power that the jury has. It's something they can act on. And when thinking about it, it seems like one of our, uh, sad to say, last powers. We have a true power, but it's being hidden from us, isn't it, Bob? Absolutely. Um kind of funny our job is to uh, judge the law but we are be being told quite the opposite that we're supposed to uh, apply the law in a republic we have checks and balances and this is the final peaceful barrier we have against the tyranny in this country and what needs to happen is uh, the jury pool needs to know before they go into the courtroom what their powers are so that they can nullify uh, an overreaching government, whether it's a bad law, a bad judge, a bad cop. There's a multitude of ways we can nullify what the government is trying to do that is uh, unjust. Jury nullification in a nutshell is, heck, even if a, if somebody did break a, a law and, you know, it's our right to be not guilty to uh, bad laws. Uh, if you deem it unfair, uh, unconstitutional, unjust, that's your, you know, you bring your conscience in there and you can vote not guilty. It's, it's a simple concept. Pool is generated from our permanent fund dividend by us applying for our check each year. So they pull from that, that list. You get selected, you have to call each day. Is it the same kind of thing in Texas? Kind of. Uh, it's a public record they usually pull from and, uh, here in Dallas County, where I reside, they uh, call jurors from uh, the driver's license. Uh, uh, they get a, a record from the J driver's license bureau, and they uh, they also uh, use a, the uh, list from the uh, the voters' record in Dallas County. And that's pretty much what they do throughout the Texas. So, so that's interesting. Just knowing what the pool is, you have to you're going to have to be a registered voter or driver. If you are not that's one correct. of those, then you're not you're not going to be deemed eligible. That's correct. And every state may be different and is different, actually. But, sure. uh, I, you know, I concentrate just on Texas. So let's break this down simple. Someone is accused of a crime. Why would someone choose a jury trial? Do you get to choose a jury trial over a judge? Sure. I mean, there's of course, there's bench trials, there's jury trials, there's uh, plea deals. And uh, the bench trial and the plea deal is all set up to create a conviction factory. Why would someone today pick a, a jury trial? Because they know that they're innocent and they really believe that they have a case. Unfortunately, um, the judiciary has gained way too much power and they are stealing our rights to a trial by jury by using terrorism to uh, scare defendants into taking uh, a plea bargain. That is happening at a 97% rate in the states and an over a 97% rate with the federal government. These courthouses are no longer actually working. They're really quite lazy bastards. Uh, they just, all, their, their main job is to terrorize us. This country passes over 15,000 laws a year. And they expect us to know every single one of them. Unfortunately, a lot of us are, are living check to check and we don't have the, the, the money and the wherewithal to, to hire excellent attorneys to fight these terrorists. 
we're up against, up, up, up against a big wall, but there, I have seen in the last three and a half years since I've been working with uh, the Fully Informed Jury Association, since I've been volunteering for them, um, I have seen some great successes. And so I'm going to keep trudging forth. You know, one of the things I want to see in, uh, in my lifetime is I want to see this violent war on drugs ended. It is a very violent society that we have. And I want to see that jury nullification will end this war. It could happen so simply by juries refusing to convict. Prosecutors would then stop seeking charges against those people. And it could happen from the jury. Can you imagine if everybody stopped the plea bargain, stop, stop taking the plea deals? I mean, there, there is no way that these courthouses and these county jails well, you guys don't have counties up there, but there's no way these jails could function. The courts would be completely shut down. They would have to start dropping cases. And if you look at the numbers, a lot of folks are completely against this drug war. I would say the numbers, you know, I, I hear numbers in 60 percent, 70 percent. I've heard 80 percent. There's not very many people left that actually support this drug war uh, other than cops and jailers and uh, those that work for the judiciary, because that's how they make the most of their money on us. So you bring up an interesting point of the plea bargain. And I was 22 caught with, I have a, a cannabis conviction on my record. The only thing that is on my FBI record is smell on my fingers from smoking a joint when I was 22 years old. When I was arrested that night, I was put in jail. I was told the next day by the, I, I did, I don't even know who he was, you know, district prosecutor or something. Just plea out, you'll pay $30, you'll take a class, and it'll all be over. And I just didn't know. It seemed so easy to do that. Did it. And that decision has followed me um, all the way through life. Still, at the Canadian border, I get hit for that. It is amazing that I, that, that you just, being young and not knowing what you're right as a as a charged person right and and i was just wondering did they tell you if you did not take the plea deal what uh uh what what they were going to go after you for how many years no i i don't remember i think i was just so scared i was out of my home state i was in massachusetts um was from pennsylvania i don't remember what the charge was but it was definitely a felony they were calling it you know it was, it was that big scary right well it is it is scary uh, and thinking about a jury trial, every time I talk about this situation, what jury would have convicted me for smelling my fingers for possession? Right. I had my hands up against the wall. Police officer asked me if I'm right or left-handed. I say I'm right-handed. He grabs my hand, smells my fingers, and says, that's that's marijuana con uh, possession. Wow. I, and just it was quick, and I'm in jail for a night. Right. That was a, a crazy experience. And so, um, yeah, that hit me early. When I learned about what jury rights were, that stuck in me as, whoa, I could have had a jury. Right. <sighs> so, yeah, bringing back some crazy So names. that is why I, I really work hard at spreading the uh, knowledge about jury powers. And because I want I want uh, uh, future defendants to know that there isn't a jury, there is a jury pool being educated and come alongside me and help me educate folks. And especially when you get... When you hear somebody say, hey, I've got jury duty. I don't want to go do this. Well, at that point, get a hold of that person and talk some sense into them. 
No kidding. I, I try. Why do? Why is that? Why do people? Why do people run away from it? I. Is it just obligations in their own personal life? They don't feel like they have time. I've always been fortunate enough to be in jobs where I was allowed to go do my duty. Yeah, there's you know some people are lazy. Some people uh, are not well informed. They believe that you know they see that it's a corrupt system, so they feel like they've got to become part of the corruption, which is not the case. This is this is actually a really really cool check on the government. We're the we're basically the supposedly the the weakest part of the government link uh, as we the people as jurors, but we're actually the most powerful. But we're not taught that way. We literally have the powers to overturn what Congress passes, what the DEA puts out for their policies, what uh, the president signs into law, uh, what the cops you know uh, decide to pursue us with, or the prosecutors one person on a jury says not guilty, then you just stop the whole government machine from trying to take somebody's life away from them. They use force to make you do what the deciders have decided you must do. They use force to make you do what the deciders have decided you must do. They use force to make you do what the deciders have decided you must do. Now, of course, we want a 12-man acquittal. Or if it's a six-man jury trial, we want an acquittal with six. If people realize that they can stand principled in that jury box as as one person, they can literally save a life. They become a superhero. And I kind of look at myself as a, uh, you know, I make superheroes. That's what I do. I'll tell you a little story about Waco, Texas. I didn't like what happened just over 25 years ago uh, with the Branch Davidians. And so about three and a half years ago, in May in 2015, uh, there was a biker meeting. I'm not a biker. I have, you know, uh, I'm really kind of still clueless about how clubs operate and all that. I don't really care. I just want them to be free in this country, in the state of Texas. Well, anyway, there was a booth set up to hand out informationals at this meeting. The uh, cops happened to show up a couple hours early. They got into sniper position, set up cameras to tape everything. And then when the bikers all came together, they just started They started a, a melee of uh, gunfire. And it was mostly the cops that killed everybody. Uh, nine people died. 20 were injured. 177 were charged with blanket crimes. Uh, there's a judge. He was a JP judge. Uh, he didn't even have this power, but he overreached his power. He said, we're going to make an example out of all these people. And a million dollars bail. There was cruel and unusual punishment on these folks. They wore them out. But there's something good that happened out of this. These bikers. What is this case called, Bob? A lot of people refer to it as the Twin Peaks Massacre. And it uh, happened in Waco. The Waco police and the Waco government is known for their corruption. They are ruthless. They are murderous. Uh, they are liars. And they are thieves. And the people down there are, you know, they're my neighbors. And uh, I wanted to go down there and help them. So when I saw what this judge was doing and this DA, Abel Reyna. All right. So there's a judge, Pete Peterson. He decided that he was going to have blanket charges on everybody. And um, that uh, 
that he was going to make an example out of all these bikers. And he uh, put up a million dollar bail for every person. And these are mom and pops. A lot of them, you know, uh, almost every single one of them had full-time jobs and families. And, you know, they, they weren't there for a, a gang fight. They were there to talk about getting legislation passed at our state capitol to free up some funds for uh, some biker safety uh, measures. It, it, but the cops had a different plan. The cops, uh, after they shot up the place, they wanted to incarcerate the 177 bikers. The DA, Abel Reyna, thought he could easily get uh, all these folks to plea out. And what was cool, what happened was all these bikers decided not to take the plea bargain. And that threw a big wrench in the gears. It took them over two years to get the first case up. We've got men down there and women uh, that uh, hand out fully informed jury brochures every time a a, a jury pool is called in. So we're restoring that check back on the government. What happened with that first case uh, uh, ended up in like, uh, I think it was 11 to 1 or 11 11 to 2, not guilty. I want to say it was 11 to 2, not guilty. So they almost uh, got an acquittal. The jurors saw right through. They knew their powers. They saw right through what what the government was trying to do. So what, what, what the sneaky government did from here is they took, the next two cases they took down to San Antonio and they tried in a federal court. I don't know how they got away with that one, but they did. And there was no jury outreach and those two folks got found guilty and uh, they're going to be in prison the rest, of all, the rest of their life. That's unfortunate. There's about 30 cases that are left to try because the DA, before he was voted out of office, he decided that he was going to drop I want to say it was about 140 cases, just over 140 cases he dropped. Realized that you know they were reaching in, in the air for nothing. They weren't going to get anything. These bikers were not going to play the game. And they weren't going to lose their lives and their livelihood and their and their homes and their bikes and their bank accounts to a crooked government. So I think this is going to be a, a mile marker for us, especially in Texas, to, hey, end the plea bargain. There's going to be nothing these these corrupt judges and DAs are going to be able to do to us. So that's a pretty neat uh, outcome. It's unfortunate that so many people, so many lives were taken and ruined. But the folks in Waco uh, did step up to the plate this last election cycle, and they voted out the DA. Uh, I think the biker. Uh, massacre was very unfortunate and uh but we're going to see some positives come out of this and we're going to still keep fighting in waco we've got educated in waco so far in the last three and a half years probably 20 percent of the population has been given a uh, fully informed jury association brochure and we've talked to a lot of people we've got a matter of fact we've got a gun show coming up in two weeks in waco and we will be talking to probably about 600 people at that show this Monday, they'll be handing out probably 400 brochures, and we'll be educating in Waco with over 2,000 people this month via the courthouse outreaches and the gun show. It's slow, but... It just takes one, like you're saying. And and what a... I don't want to call it a strategy or a tactic, a, a, a method that denying the plea bargain to set up a pool of like-minded cases to slow things down and if one in that pool has a jury trial that stands up and denies it it affects the rest of those cases and 
and we wow. will we will win our freedoms back. So what we need to do is we need to start talking about jury power to everyone that we meet. Uh, we've set up a new website down here in Texas called juryhero.com. It's J-U-R-Y-H-E-R-O dot C-O-M. And our plan is to start sending out videos and hopefully get those to go viral and uh, teach people about their power and about the different problems we have uh, in the judiciary. Uh, Thomas Jefferson warned us. He said that if the judiciary ever gains too much power, that we would lose our republic and our freedoms. And right now they've got way too much power. So let's get that check back into the hands of the people and we can actually stop these bad laws from putting us in cages. It is the, the secret fourth branch of government that people, uh, government authority does not want the people to know that they have this power. Right. Uh, do you know about uh, George Bevins and alcohol prohibition? Do you know what happened to him? Have you ever heard about him? No, please. Uh, George Bevins got got busted uh, during alcohol prohibition. I want to say it was 1929 or something like that. He got busted with a bottle of booze. Uh, the jurors decided to take a look at this evidence, and they felt that they couldn't convict this guy if they, they didn't know if it was uh, alcohol or not. So they cracked it, and they all took swigs. And by the time it got to the last juror, all the booze was gone, the evidence was gone, and they had to acquit. You know, if I get called, <laughs> if I get called to jury duty, I'm going to tell you something. If, it, if it's a pot case, or I don't care what it is, but let's say it's a pot case. I'm going to ask for a pipe, a bong, uh, some papers, a lighter, and uh, I, I guarantee you they're not going to give it to me. But uh, I'm going to vote not guilty just because we – you know, and it's time we have that mindset that they had back in the, uh, you know, when they ended alcohol prohibition, that uh, we return uh, the ownership of people's bodies to themselves. And it's uh, the, the king, you know, we got rid of the kingship with the Constitution. And now we're right back in that place again. And it's time we get smart, you know, when we're in deliberations and uh, we think out of the box. Yeah, you know, I, 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 hey, if they even if there was a heroin case, I'm going to tell them bring bring me a needle, show me how to use this stuff. I, I got to know if this is good or bad. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that uh, what I do is gonna it, it, I'm gonna do my part to end this drug war. Uh, I believe people should be able to have the right to do whatever the hell they want with their own body. Wow, Bob, you just you sent like a spike up my spine. You're telling me if someone comes in with a heroin charge. You think that they wouldn't bring you the needle, but I'm saying you're principled enough. You would do it for the the prince for for liberty. Uh, you know what? Uh, all right, I would test them on the fact that they you know wouldn't bring me a needle. Okay, uh, and then I, when they bring it to you, you're like, okay, that's okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do heroin. Legalizing drugs wouldn't make me put a needle in my arm. Thank you. Uh, but uh, no, I'm with you. I'm gonna, I'm with it. Yeah. I am so sick of what they're doing that, that I am going to do something so out of the box if I'm in that jury pool that uh, I'm going to cause everybody in that room to think about what we're doing to another individual. And now you do what they told you. And now you do what they told you. And now you do what they told you.
When's the last time you served on a jury? Wow. Uh, I got called. I got called about a year and a half ago. It was for a domestic uh, violence charge. No idea who the victim was because there wasn't one. There was only a, a one witness, which was a cop. And this was at a party. And it was supposedly with a car. Somebody did this defendant supposedly did something with a car. He was facing up to 99 years. So there was no victim. And a cop was the only witness. The guy probably thought he had a pretty good case. And I would think he did too. I just based on that, I would have said not guilty. But we through the uh, attorneys in the courts went through something called Voidir. And when they uh, were done with, uh, questioning everybody they didn't have enough people to pick to go through the next section of uh uh, and so they had to start again another day with a whole new 60 jurors to question it was very unfortunate because it was a young hispanic male probably about 25 there was about eight latinos in the the courtroom that were prospective jurors and the rest were blacks and whites i would say probably about half the latinos couldn't speak english so they were gone the other half of latinos were like i've got job i've got a job and i don't want to be here so that poor latino dude wasn't going to be judged by his peers if i would have got picked he would have had me i would have uh, i would have went to bat for the guy because i believe that there has to be a victim for there to be a crime no victim no crime Hey, good doers of Alaska, it's Tom with Good Cannabis. Just wanted to give you an update of our sales. Sunday, January 6th, all good vape cartridges, $45. Monday, January 7th, all good 10-pack of gummies, $35. Tuesday, January 8th, any good 2 grams of bud, $27. Wednesday, January 9th, good concentrates, that's wax, shatter, batter, and crumble, 30% off. Thursday, January 10th, good half ounces are $150. Friday, January 11th, all good eighths are going to be $45. Saturday, January 12th, all good one gram king rolls will be $12. Sunday, January 13th, 10 pack of good gummies, $35. As always, we'd like to thank Midtoker for this opportunity to keep you in the loop of what's going on down at Good Cannabis. We hope you see you down at the shop. Stay safe, stay warm. We'd love to say hi. Have a great week, Alaska. And Far North Tokers would like to thank Good Cannabis for sponsoring the podcast. Friday and Saturday, 10 to 11. Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 10. 356 Old Steese Highway, Fairbanks, Alaska. 907-452-5463. Good Cannabis. Here's Token. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. I haven't been asked to be on a jury in... uh... 10 years maybe now and it used to be every other year i was went down to the jury box or to the jury pool and they they were asking do you believe in jury nullification or do you know jury nullification do they ask that specifically in texas you know what they did not ask that uh in this last this last time i was called and the time before that that i was called was probably over 25 years ago so if they if they do ask that, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm 
I know the game they're playing. I know how evil they are. So I'm not going to tell them that I know about it. And uh, everybody's definition can differ anyway. So, no, I don't know what they're talking about. Awesome. Yeah, so, so I, would, I would offer as that advice, too, because as soon as you people joke about if you want to get off of jury duty, say jury nullification and you're done. So that's not a good joke, but man, people are doing it, which mm. what happens when you're sitting on that jury behind closed doors and you are the one against 11 that's saying, I, uh, I'm not finding guilty. What happens to, to the juror that's sitting behind those closed doors and they decide they are going to what is it called? I, I know jury nullification. It's not nullify the jury, right? They decide they are going to do not guilty. They're the only one. You don't have to justify yourself at all, correct? It's That's correct. You don't have to not explain guilty. yourself to anyone. I think a lot of That's people worry you about could... that. Yeah, absolutely they do. And they need to know before they go serve on a jury that they cannot get in trouble. Uh, they do not have to hang their conscience uh, at the door. They they can bring it in with them. Uh, they can have love, grace, and mercy in their hearts. And I, had, I I expect that. I want people to have grace and mercy because this is ridiculous that we're putting humans in cages. But, uh, yeah, if somebody wants to stand on their principles, they're going to have to know before they get in there that, that they're not going to get in trouble. And all they have to say is that the... The case wasn't proven to them, and so not guilty. When they're if they're you know interviewed after the verdict, and they want to say, "Hey, I I used jury nullification." That's fine, but never ever. The first rule of jury nullification is never talk about jury nullification until after the verdict has been read. So, because uh, they can still they th throw it out or something or what? Yeah, they they can remove you from the jury if you start talking about jury nullification in the. Uh, deliberation somebody snitches on you and uh so yeah they can kick you off what and, a secret uh, power then why so uh, there's like what three states that have it in their constitution i know maryland does that they they tell you you're allowed to do this right i know new hampshire does that's yeah. interesting i didn't know maryland did but cool yeah, maryland does that's my i was born in maryland so i just kind of have that you know how you have little knowledges of your home state right right well that's awesome so what happens? You decide jury nullification. You say, I'm going to do not guilty. You get off. They, it's not like they're completely free then, right? Another case can be up against them. And it just is, if it happens over and over again, whether the, the state, the government decides that it's just worth it or not anymore. That's correct. One, at some point when there's so many hung jurors or hung jury trials, they're going to have to make a decision if they want to take, let's say, pot cases to trial. They're going to have to start making a decision that, hey, this isn't, we're not going to win. This is, we're going to, we're going to look like fools. And they want to win. And uh, that's their whole game. They don't give a crap if somebody's innocent. They want to win because they want to get reelected and they want to keep making their money. Yes, that high percentage conviction rate, right? Yeah, that's how they do get a high percentage rate is, you know, the, the plea deal. And um, I'll tell you what that plea bargain does to us. It removes the people's check on the government. It doesn't give us the uh, capability to judge the laws that are put on the books. And that's what our founders wanted. They wanted us to 
judge those laws. And, you know, this law is no good. We're going to have to repeal it. So that's what we want to see, just like they did with Russia. The founders wanted us to judge the laws, right? Right. The founders wanted us to judge the laws. And this is a way for us to send a message to our legislators that these laws are bad. And just like alcohol prohibition, they had to repeal that. And that's what we need to get back to is we're we're in there judging every one of these laws. You know, everyone's complaining about, you know, taxation is theft. Well, if we were in there judging the taxation laws, we would be returning not guilty verdicts. And there is nothing there's nothing the government can do about that. You know, the. Let's talk about the uh, the right to bear arms. In this country, there is over 23,000 laws against our rights to bear arms. It's a natural right for us to defend ourselves. We know now, especially just recently, that the cops, it's been ruled that cops don't have an obligation to protect us. And they can lie to get a conviction, right? They can lie to get you to admit stuff. Absolutely. Matter of fact, let's, I want to tell you about a book. Have you ever read the book, uh, You Have the Right to Remain Innocent? No. Oh my gosh. You've got to read this book. It's, uh, it gives a, almost every scenario uh, how cops lie and why you should never, ever talk to a cop. The only things you should say to a cop is, I want my attorney now. Not, should I get an attorney? Not, um, I've been told I should get an attorney. Be demanding. Don't talk to the cop, you say, other than I want an, I want counsel right now. No talking till I get counsel. You may sit in a cell for a long time. Don't talk to anybody in your cell. Don't talk to, don't talk to anybody but the attorney you're going to, you, you, either you hire or they're going to give you. But we've got problems there, and I'll point this one out. Who hires these public defenders? The prosecution does. Who gives uh, extra cases to these public defenders? The prosecution does. So they can these prosecute these prosecutors pretty much have the public defenders on a chain. So we need to know that as jurors as well that they're not really going to bat for these uh, these defendants. Still. You don't talk to cops because it will be used against you. And they can misconstrue things. They misconstrue cop. The police misconstrue things all the time. And listen, uh, we've got the world's largest prison population. Uh, we're at what five percent of the world's population. We have twenty-five percent of the world's prison population. They say there's about two point three million prisoners in the United States. In Texas, we have a hundred and twenty penitentiaries. 15 of those are privatized. And I'm going to tell you something. It's modern day slavery. The 13th Amendment freed the slaves, stopped indentured servitude. But in the same sense, if you are convicted of a crime, you are now considered a slave. So they changed government uh, ownership from privatized ownership of people to government ownership. And they've got a multitude of laws to put us in their work camps. A lot of people don't know this, but a lot of federal prisoners take care of federal bases, the uh, military bases. They mow the lawns, they clean the toilets, they take out the trash, and they're making pennies on the dollar. They are just slaves for the federal government. Now, in the states, every state is different. I know in Texas that if you choose not to work for free, uh, you stay in your cage for 23 hours. For God's sakes, if we put a person in a cage, if we put a dog in a cage for 23 hours a day, 
they would have they would have us lynched up. But here we take our fellow brothers and sisters and put them in cages for 23 hours because they refuse to be slave labor to the state. And then they're fed junk food. It's uh, it's wicked what these what this oligarchy is doing in this country. But again, the juror can save these guys. So we've got to work hard to overturn what's happening in the judiciary. Become a patron of Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist for as little as $2 a month. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. And now your patronage comes with extra benefits from our sponsors. Chena Cannabis, The North Bowl Refinery, Dab Lab AK, and Moving Free Farms. Thank you to our newest patrons, D.B. Copeland and Barry Dabber. Sarah Grover, Josiah Lockery, Bertie Walter, and Rhonda Howard, and longtime patrons Marilyn Berglund, Carrie Mollis, Aaron Worthen, Peggy Peters, and Ramlin Ranger. Here's Token Far North Dokers. Mr. Smiley, one of the things that I so love about you is just you were mentioning earlier you don't know much about biker clubs and you don't necessarily care. You you're fighting for liberty. Not all these, all the small issues, it doesn't matter. Liberty is what matters. And liberty covers all those issues. We, so many times, you know, we want this liberty for ourselves, but so unwilling to give it to other people. And yes, you, I, I, you, you are a true liberty fighter. You, you, I I love you, man. You do awesome work. Keep doing it. You're inspiring me. I got to get back, get out there with Frank, Mr. Frank Turney out there and help him. Yeah, he's a uh, a neat guy. I would like to, to meet him one day. And, and uh, it's funny just how small our circle is. And I didn't know Frank three years ago. You know, there's guys in my community that uh, when I was going down to uh, the memorial services for the Branch Davidians, there's there's a guy down there standing next to me in pictures and stuff that I had never met. And he was uh, very active with the Fully Informed Jury Association 25 years prior, handing out brochures with the Branch Davidians, in which, you know, he knew Larry Dodge that helped set this uh, organization on its feet and Don Duig and... and uh, uh, a lot of other folks and Red Beckman that just had passed uh, this past other week. And so the, there's, and then to, to, to meet Frank over the internet and uh, I've got some very friend, very good friends that I met in church, probably 2011. So their name is uh, Rudy and Aaron Davis and they don't live too far from me and our families uh, uh, spent a lot of time together and they took up a ministry to not forget the uh, p- political prisoners. And they were fighting for a guy, Kent Hovind, and I kind of latched onto that some years ago. And then they started fighting for Schaefer Cox. And then to find out that uh, Frank was already heavily involved there with uh, trying to help Schaefer. And, and so it's neat how these circles get smaller and smaller. And there's a lot of people that are stronger and were able to share more information with each other. And uh, we're, we're bonding and we're making a difference. So young people's through education, right? Well, I, uh, what we need to do is educate young to old. 
And uh, right. but uh, I've met Frank through these uh, through Fiji and through trying to fight to free Schaefer Cox and bring attention to his his case. Because if he would have had fully informed jurors at the federal trial, uh, he would have been set free. So it just it breaks my heart. Uh, I don't even know Schaefer Cox, but it breaks my heart to see folks not get uh, a fair trial and uh, be locked up for thought crimes. Um, that's not the country that I want to live in, and I'm, I want to fight to uh, to my end, my natural end, that uh, people will start being that peaceful barrier to stop tyranny uh, at the jury box. I want to save people like Schaefer Cox, and and I'm very inspired by Frank. Frank's been in this business a long, long time of trying to educate folks, and you know, I'm standing on shoulders of giants, and 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 Frank is one of those giants. He's a good guy. One of the, uh, that you say that uh, one of my joys and loves that I say of podcasting is I get to walk with giants and just, just having this, yeah. you are one of those right now. And Frank having his a jury tampering charge. When I first heard of Frank Turney, when I moved up here to Alaska, hearing of a jury tampering charge and wow, what images that conjures then to learn more about him and he's walking with a sign on the sidewalk with a fiji.org number 1-800-TELL-JURY that's his jury tampering charge and it's it's crazy how things are construed like you're saying earlier and how things can be interpreted and then how the public sees things and and how stories get forgotten and he still is there fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting it, it's scary like the Schaefer Cox you see someone like him get taken away how do you how how do you keep talking? Give me liberty or give me death. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me! And I'm I'm dead serious yes, about yes. that. Yes, uh, yes, I I, I cannot. Uh, I cannot stand down. Uh, I'm not going to stand down. That's not the type of man I am. Uh, I've got principles, and I've got a backbone. I've got guts. I've got a brain. You have kids? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have four adult children. I've done my job there, and I've raised them well. So they're um, not going to question you later, Bob. About what did you do? What did you do when it's all when it's all destroyed or all better? What did you do, Dad? Well, now they're going to know what you did. Yeah, and, and one of the things that stands out to them is uh, they see me working on the behalf of uh, political prisoners like Schaefer Cox. My, my children get to see uh, me stand up for uh, political prisoners and, and try to advocate for them and bring attention. And um, my new stunt is going to be I bought uh, my Christmas present is uh, sh uh, shoes that are uh, without laces because prisoners cannot have uh, shoes with shoelaces and then uh, an orange jumpsuit. So I will start walking with a sign in my neighborhood and I will start bringing attention to Schaefer Cox's case, Jeffrey Winehouse's case. Uh, actually, there's a multitude of people out there. Uh, if uh, you go to yearofjubilee.com uh, with one E, there's a whole plethora of, of political prisoners that we have in the United States. So Ed and Elaine Brown, they stood up to the IRS, and uh, they're serving like 40 years in prison for garbage charges. So I will start bringing uh, attention to folks in my area. They will also get to know about 
jury nullification as well. And uh, so it's a, it's going to be a multi-level education stint. You know, hopefully uh, I get my community um, set up to be a peaceful barrier against this government. And we should all be doing that. <laughs> Dab Lab AK, winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's best glass shop. And there's no doubt as to why. High quality American-made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting with competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm gonna let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're gonna find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. If, if you had a, a button right now that you could activate the audience listening what would that button do to my audience what would they be doing right now how could you activate them what would you want them to do i would want them to contact every one of their friends and family and tell them say hey when you get called to jury duty have grace and mercy in your heart make sure you judge that law make sure that uh you set people free from uh victimless uh crimes and uh in this drug war. Educate yourself at uh, juryhero.com or uh, fija.org. Spend 10 minutes a day looking at these websites. I promise you, within uh, a couple of days, you'll have quite a bit of knowledge to uh, know what your duty is uh, in that in that jury box. Thank you, Bob. Is there anything else that you wanted to get in? Yeah, actually I do. The felon title is something that we need to eradicate in this country. We need to get rid of the felon title. It is after a person gets out of prison, they are told where they can, where they can and cannot live. They have troubles getting jobs. And when they do get a job, it's usually for very low pay for a company that's well set up to hire felons. And with in the first two years of employment right out of prison, these employers get a five uh, about a $5,000 tax break. Can you imagine? 100 hired felons, that's a half million dollars in tax breaks. And they're hiring people. Employers are getting $5,000 tax cuts uh, when they hire a felon right out of jail for two years. And so this is a, a way to keep people down these employers shouldn't be getting um, tax breaks. That's uh, that's wrong. Uh, it creates a system that's going to want more prisoners coming uh, through the system. Hmm. But it's legal. The felon title is legal discrimination for uh, the rest of that person's life. What kind of country are we living in when we are have a system that that creates legal discrimination? And that's just wickedness. And I want to stop that, too. We need to restore uh, people that are coming out of prison, and we need to help them uh, by removing that felon title so they can become prosperous. And when they're prosperous, our, our nation gains. So we all benefit. But unfortunately, uh, 
we have now a growing homeless population that is devastating our communities. And uh, it's very sad. We, uh, I'm part of a group called Don't Comply in Texas, and we go out every year and we find people that are literally sleeping on the dirt or on the concrete with uh, uh, maybe a piece of cardboard between them or some clothes between them and the, and the ground. And we put them in tents and we uh, give them a new sleeping bag and, you know, some blankets and a pillow and a warm some warm food. But a lot of these folks got out of prison and couldn't make it. This is just devastating this nation. And I know it's really hurting Texas. So that's another reason we need to end the, the, the title of being a felon. Start restoring people. Oh, that's true. I mean, well, that's that's okay. We can take their, their voting rights or their gun rights away because they're felons. They don't deserve them. Well, that's another – yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, not that voting really works. I see it work maybe when we can vote down some uh, – some tax raises that they're trying to do. Uh, got a lady here in Texas, uh, Amy Headkey. She actually is kind of reviving us going back to the polls to vote down tax measures, which is awesome. But you bring up a great point about uh, people that can't own guns. The drug war alone has made forty over 40 million felons since Nixon started it. And that means 40 million Americans can't own guns in the eyes of the federal government. Listen, uh, we've got a founder named Tench Cox. He said that it is the birthright of the American to own every terrible implement the soldier has. I want my, I want everybody armed because if there's somebody bad, they're going to go down pretty quick. And I'm pretty pissed that we've got over 40 million people that can't own guns. That's garbage. And that needs to be fixed also. Right, let alone whether they were innocent or not, go through our whole prior conversation. Absolutely. Even if somebody did do bad, I want them rehabbed. And I want them, you know, if, they, if they're allowed to come back out in society, they're not a mass murderer, and they, they come back out, I, you know, I want them rehabbed, and I want, them, uh, I want their rights restored. I don't want to punish them the rest of their lives. I want them to become a better person. Right. In Alaska, you can't own a cannabis license if you are a felon you're fingerprinted checked and that'll probably go to every state that's legalizing yeah that's horrible um we don't own our bodies uh right now and we've got to uh again we've got to get our jury pool fully educated to uh return that uh, those rights back to the people uh, this government's uh, uh overreaching in almost every area of our lives and it's it's got to stop at the jury box what a power we have. Thank you for coming on and reminding me personally about my power and sparking some of the audience too, I'm sure. Yeah. This is not well, our last talk, uh, I look forward to many more. <laughs> um, hopefully one day I get to come up your way and uh, you know, we'll uh, no doubt. spend some more time together. So. Please. We'll be in touch. All right, brother. <laughs> you have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash 
Here's Token. Here's Token.